Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. Yes, this is actually me. The voice that you're hearing right now is actually uh, some semblance of mine. That is Logan Paulson. Sounds like you've been uh, smoking cigs all day. It's what it sounds like, man. It's like I took up cigarettes last week and just haven't <laughs> stopped since. Uh, no, just a, just a case of laryngitis. We're on the back end of it. It's fine. Uh, so Ron Rivera, getting back to some of his other comments at the Senior Bowl real quick, or at the uh, the Super Bowl real quick. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, he said, yeah, like we're looking to interview him. Uh, we can't right now because those are the rules, uh, but we're looking forward to it. Uh, and he said, you know, through the grapevine, it seems like he wants to work with the defensive head coach to kind of get out from under Andy's mm-hmm. shadow. Um, I think that's interesting. And it does seem like they're headed in this direction that unless there's like an interview or Bienemy just looks at Ron and is like, nah, man, that's this ain't it. Or Ron looks at Bienemy and was like, uh, actually, I've got some questions. Uh, never right. mind. Uh, it does seem like that's the direction that they're headed at offensive coordinator and that the mutual interest is there. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we've talked about that a lot on this show and that seems to be their guy. And I think the relationship with um, Andy Reid is going to be a big deciding factor in that. And obviously, we can speculate and talk about it all we want, but uh, they're definitely waiting to interview him. You know, like take that for what it is. He's probably the most exciting candidate. They're waiting to interview him. I don't know if this is the right situation for Bienemy. If I'm if I'm Bienemy and I feel like I'm a pretty I'm a pretty valuable asset for an offense. Like I don't know if this is the right fit, but maybe you know he's had a couple rounds of interviews and he's getting a little bit desperate and this is a place that's going to give him an opportunity so so maybe but um uh, you know it is it is this job does not this offensive coordinator position does not seem overly appealing at the moment just because of the time parameter of the year kind of with Ron all that kind of stuff but um yeah i, I think i'm excited about it i'm excited that he's a candidate i'm excited that they're going to interview him because of the guys that have are mentioned like his Resume is the best, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Ron did also talk about the offensive philosophy, uh, the quote from Martin Mayhew that's gotten all this run in the dumbest possible way uh, since that year in press conference of the two-to-one run thing. And he's like, yeah, that was exactly what I've been saying, which I heard in context at the time. I don't know why this got so far out of whack, but Ron did say, like, yeah, that's at the end of games. Like, sure, if we can get two-to-one because we're up in the fourth quarter and run out the clock, then sure. Um, but they do want to basically get the ball to their playmakers and do it quickly. Um, so obviously that is something Bienemy has helped Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do for years in Kansas City. It would seem to be a philosophical fit. And to kind of play in with that, Logan, he also said that Sam Howell 
is clearly the favorite to be QB1. Well, right now he's the only quarterback on the roster, so duh. But he's, he did kind of push away the idea that they would go out, spend on a veteran just to spend. He did mm-hmm. say if we find the right veteran, uh, yeah. we would we would pull him in. Uh, but it does seem like Sam Howell is, is headed towards being QB1 in a separate interview uh, than kind of the local press scrum, uh, one that he talked uh, did on NFL Network with Andrew Siciliano. He told Andrew, like, yeah, Hal right now is QB1. That's how we're going to head into OTAs and minicamp, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, so when you take those things together, Logan, the philosophical, we're looking for someone who can get the ball out quick. We're looking for uh, to get the ball to our playmakers. We have a strong run game. We want to use it and then dial up shots and play action. How do you, you know, does, to me that says like, yeah, the enemy would be a great, a great fit. And it says that Hal can certainly do the things that they want to do based off what we saw last season. Maybe not at the highest level, um, but certainly at a proficient level. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, this is a really interesting kind of philosophical thing, uh, you know, that I think when I, because I, I read a lot of national coverage of the team, so by national pundits, and they think the idea of going into camp with Sam Howell as your starter is absolutely insane. And I don't entirely disagree with them, right? But I don't think they follow the team as closely as we do. But I do think that there is a, disadvantages to being like face to the glass the way we are with this team and you know when you step back from a team building standpoint you say would you feel comfortable with a fifth round draft pick being your starting quarterback and I do think if I remember correctly I don't remember the quote I listened to it a couple days ago I do remember Ron kind of hedging on that a little bit he was like um you know we we you know we're right now we're going to go with him in training camp but we're open to he, he it wasn't like he is the starter it was a little bit more there was a little bit of flexibility there which I think is the right idea I think they like him. They they see a lot of potential. I think we see a lot of potential in him. It's 19 snaps that we are kind of doing this evaluation on, this kind of projection off of. They need to bring someone else in. Um, I don't think that precludes them from, you know, finding a veteran, someone that they like, you know, Jacoby Brissett, bringing Taylor back, whatever it is. You know, like they might fall in love with Anthony Richardson at 16. I don't think that's exactly what they're going to do. But maybe, you know, Tanner McGee, somebody like that, they bring in. Whatever it is, I just don't think it's like this – it wasn't this like ringing endorsement. I felt, I think it was like, this is kind of our plan as of right now, as of February and we're subject to letting it change. And I think that's kind of how we feel too. Like coming out of the season, seems like he's the guy makes sense. If things can change, they, you know, opportunities present themselves that fit this team. They're going to take it, I think. And I, and I think that that's probably the right way to go about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, like we kind of said with Taylor last year, like a Taylor, a Jacoby Brissett, a David Blau, like those guys are low end starters, yeah, high end backups. And if Sam Howell is better than that, well, then he should start because I mean, he's right. better than a low end starter. Right. Um, and so if he, he can beat those guys out, then then great. Um, I do think, you know, the national punditry is interesting, right? Ultimately, Sam Howell was a fifth round pick. So there's no denying that like every team passed on him for four rounds worth of NFL drafting football. But from a prospect grade standpoint, a lot of people had him, what, second, third? I mean, so if if we say, okay, in year two, do you have a second or third rounder as your starter? It sounds way less crazy. And so I, I just don't know what to do with that information because I think we all acknowledge Sam is far more physically gifted than the average fifth rounder. He's probably more mentally gifted as well. He's certainly more experienced 
Um, you know, he's a four year starter who like, and it's not just experience. It's like, he has a good resume. Like he was really, really good his junior year. And I know he fell off his senior year, but he also like picked it up in the running run game aspect, which we saw how much that mattered when he got in there. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a lot of resume there that suggests he should have been higher than a fifth round pick. He ultimately wasn't. But if you look at it like second or third rounder starting in year two, that sounds a lot less crazy than fifth rounder. Yeah, but I think ultimately the conclusion is that he was a fifth-round pick. You know, teams passed on him. You know, 32 teams passed on him five times, basically, or four four and a half times, whatever it was. So, you know, I'm not saying – I think he's a good football player. I think he's got a lot of potential, a lot of upside. But it is a little bit – when you kind of step back and look at it, again, like not – they haven't watched Sam. They haven't heard him talk the way we've heard him talk. You know, they don't have the kind of familiarity that Ron has with him. But, you know, a lot of people are like mocking quarterback. They're mocking certain free agent candidates here. And I think there's a good reason for that. And I think that this decision is um, by Ron or kind of this this outline by Ron seems to be the right thing. But it's like you have to really love what Sam showed you over the course of the season and like really love it. And I I understand that, but it is a little bit. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I like the decision. I think it's probably the right decision, but there is a level of risk associated with this that I think needs to be acknowledged with making a decision like this, like there is with any decision, but as opposed to bringing in, I don't know, like Derek Carr, for example, there's risk associated there. Right. I was going to say, do you, what's the, what's the risk-free option? Yeah. They're, they're all, there's all, there's risk associated with everything, but this one is, it has its own kind of unique risk factors, the inexperience, the limited sample size, the change in coordinator, all those different things, like can he handle it? And it's a it's a big ask to ask a young player to do that. And I hope he can do it. I think I you know we talked about his you know the 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 Dallas game kind of at nauseum, but the quick release, the arm strength, the running ability gets you excited. But it's 19 plays, and are you willing to mortgage your 2023 uh, season on 19 plays? And you know it, it is it's risky. It's it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble. Yeah, it's just is that the best odds? And that's that's the question. Is like Yeah, what, that's a good point. What's what's better odds? Uh is, yeah. is Taylor Heineke better odds? I don't think so. Right. Is Jacoby Brissett maybe for 2023? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is David Blau is, you know, say it's Bienemy, do they get like Chase Daniel at yeah. 38 or whatever he is, yeah. you know, been backing up Mahomes forever but knows that offense inside and out. Like I don't know. I don't know that any of those guys are any better than Sam Howell. So, right. um, and certainly none of them have the upside of Sam Howell. So it seems like it would be worth it to go in that direction. Cars in a bit of a different camp, but right. again, like we're talking wild, wild swings in play from him the last couple of years in terms of the ups and downs of it all. Uh, last thing on the offense, and we got a couple of other uh, mailbag questions we'll get to, but I thought this was fun. And, and Logan, it's a tight ends question, so you know there there go your ears perking up, uh, Nick. Uh, at Nick with sports tweeted said, could Washington be looking to add a top tight end prospect in the first or second round this year? Are they happy enough with their young talent? They're already developing. Gosh, I love this question. We could, if you've got an hour, we can talk about it for an hour. Um, Uh, I don't think we have quite an hour. (laughs) So let's, let's give it like, uh, cut me off when I start talking too much. So first off, I think you got to say is a tight end a position that you want to be drafting in the first round. And like, based on just draft philosophy, positional value, like is tight end, enough of a value add, right? And do you want to be allocating resources there when there are positions available in this draft specifically that are more valuable? Like at 16, absolutely not. They should not take a tight end at 16. There's not a guy in this draft that 
deserves to be taken that high. And there's very rarely a tight end that I would take in the first round, especially the first half of the first round. So like right now, this is a very cornerback heavy, very offensive line heavy, very edge rusher heavy class, right? So it'll be interesting to see how the draft falls. You know, I've seen all sorts of different mocks at 16 and guys getting pushed up because the senior bowl and guys getting dropped down. You know, one of the things that I've been talking about um, with, with a buddy of mine is like, let's say the draft falls in a very specific way. Let's say you get your corner in the first round. There is a world where, you know, um, Dewan Jones, where Darrell Smith, where all of these offensive linemen, um, Cody Monch gets drafted ahead of when you're picking in the second round. And then you've picked your DB already, right? You could go safety there. And I also think you could go tight end there just because the, of how the draft is falling, right? There's Kincaid. There's um, the kid from Oregon State. There's all these guys with high upside receiving potential that would just be really good value there. There's also linebacker safety I mentioned, um, you know, maybe even edge, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. But like, like that's just kind of how go, that's, go back those, to the first segment of the podcast, why they might need an edge guy. Yeah. So those are the, those will be valuable positions. If those offensive linemen I just mentioned get picked. Now I've seen mocks where they don't get picked and Washington picks the DB in the first round. And they pick an offensive lineman in the second round. I think for value, that's probably the right decision. Now that's just kind of the draft landscape, but there's some very talented guys. I don't think there's like that blue chipper guy. That's going to change your life offensively. I think there's some good players that I like a lot. But there's not like there's not there's no Kyle Pitts. Let's just say that. Right. There's no Vernon Davis in this class. That being said, I do think they really like the young guys here. I think, you know, I've had conversations with multiple people on staff that are just like, we really like what we've got. You got Curtis Hodgins. They think he can develop if he gets a little bit bigger and stronger. Armani, I think, showed you what he can be as a playmaker, given more offensive touches. Uh, Cole, I just remember back to training camp, and I remember even in his limited targets this year, you saw the body control, you saw the physical competitiveness, and you've got one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL in John Bates. So when you see a room like that, the upside of this room is crazy. Like you have, you have three young guys in their second year who could be outstanding. They could be very, very good NFL starters for a very, very low cost. That's the problem with the draft. Are you willing to allocate a second-round pick to a guy in a room that's already got a lot of upside? I don't know. Again, if the draft falls that way and you feel like there's the best value there with that second-round pick, I totally could see that. But I think they like Armani a lot. I think they like Cole a lot. I know they like Bates. I think they want Curtis to develop. That's four really talented pass catchers and guys who have shown a kind of surprising ability to be physical in the run game. So I think you feel pretty good about that group, quite frankly. And I don't know if you want to be investing a lot in a group with such high upside at this moment. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like Armani's tight end one next year. That's a really that's a, That'll be like interesting. Bates, Bates is kind of like the most sure thing. Yeah. But he's like your classic tight end, too. Yeah. I, th I think if you're looking for a guy that can be this kind of Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson you know, analogous guy, I think it's Armani, right? I think that's kind of the way the staff is viewing him. Like I had a conversation with Kime and he said that there was people on staff who were like, he could play receiver here. And I thought that's insane. This was during rookie minicamp or something like that. And then as you see him get more confident and understand where to go and how he runs and how he moves, you say to yourself, shoot, I could see that, right? He's like, he's six, six, almost six, seven. He runs really well. He bends well. He's explosive. I can see it. So if you're looking for a mismatch weapon, he's got to develop. Again, that's the problem is he's got to develop a little bit. You're projecting, but I, I like that. I like saying, hey, like 
you know, let's use them like they use Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. Let's lose them like they use Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. Let's use them like they use Darren Waller, like a big piece that can line up at wide receiver, line up in line, and talk about man zone reads, mismatches versus man coverage. Like, that's the guy you want. And then Cole also has a comparable skill set. I think Cole catches the ball better. I don't think he has the same kind of explosive measurables that Armani does, but that's another great piece. And so that was something, I think that was one of the frustrations that you and I had this year is you've got these really dynamic young pass catchers. Can you utilize them to dictate certain things to the defense? And I feel like, yes. And so I'm hoping that the new OC comes in and says, we have these tremendous, the kind of the big names, Shahan, Terry, uh, Curtis, right. But or, yeah, Curtis, but can we, get value out of this position with this high physical upside, I think is very, very compelling. And so like, could, could and answer the question, can you draft a tight end? Yes. If it falls to you, like if the Musgrave kid is available in the second round and you love him, you know, he's six, six, he's two fifty five, two fifty seven. He's probably going to run a four, four, like, uh, you got a lot to like there, right? Maybe too good to pass up, but I do think you have a lot of very good pieces here. They get you excited. 